We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all believe this morning? Let me see. Who in the house believes? Amen. You realize that every time we come to church, the cars in the parking lot, this is every church in town. People drive by the churches. We're having church, and they see cars in parking lots of churches. It's a witness that there is a people who still believe that they take time out of their week to come together on a Sunday in celebration of, of the Sunday of the resurrection of Jesus, come together to worship together, to fellowship together, to get to know one another, and then do this together, right? To get into the scripture together and learn about him so we can be equipped to be uh, the people he has called us to be when we leave the church, amen? But we come together because we believe. So we're going to worship because we believe. Amen. So let's raise our voices. Let's, let's clap our hands. Let's, let's raise our hands to him this morning as we believe that he is who he says he is. Amen.
song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever bring We live for you above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever say worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you we live for you and hold Beside you, open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Shake it 
every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you
kind of feel like a mess this morning, anybody? <laughs> but God takes your mess, and he always makes something beautiful. You know that? He is the master at taking broken things and building a masterpiece. Listen, when you feel like a mess, you're a prime candidate for God. <laughs> Just be honest. And being a prime candidate for God means if you will allow him to, if you allow him to, he'll get right in the middle of your mess and do something wonderful. Amen? That's what he does. That's what he's in the business of doing. He, he's, like, he's, like a, he's like a scrapyard guy collecting all the junk from everybody. And he takes what junk and he makes it wonderful. So how about you give him a moment right now before we, before we do anything else today. Let's just give him a moment. Lord Jesus, come. And Lord, for those this morning that they feel like a mess, I pray this morning you reconfirm yourself to them today. That I believe you've been working in their mess more than they see and more than they understand, because that's how you are. But I pray you reassure them today in their hearts, Lord, that you're with them. You haven't left them. You haven't forgotten about them. You haven't discarded them. You haven't left them alone. But just by the fact that, God, you came in flesh, Jesus came and got right in the middle of this, this dumpster of humanity, that just shows that you'll constantly and forever be involved in our lives as we live in this world. And I pray encouragement to our souls today, our hearts today. Encouragement that you are simply at work. And even when we don't see it, you're there. And we don't feel it, you're working. And you're building your kingdom in us, Lord. We thank you for that. Strong and sure and true. Thank you, Jesus. Because that's what you do. So I believe this morning you're here with us. You inhabit the praises of your people. I thank you for that. So Holy Spirit, come have your way, do what you want. 
but I pray everybody leaves encouraged as we leave later on. Lord, that you build us up today and remind us of who you are and in turn remind us of who we are in you. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. For you are the one who's able to meet every need. There's nothing too big, there's nothing too great, but you, Lord, meet our needs today. I thank you for that. I praise you for that. Now, before my, let's just praise him. Let's just raise our hands up. Lord, Lord, we worship you and we praise you. You are good and you are wonderful. Lord, you are true. Lord, there's nothing beyond you. You're the great I am. Bind our hearts up today. Heal us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We bind the work of the enemy. Heal us in Jesus' name. We pray for freedom in the house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Build your kingdom here. All things made new. Oh, yes. Yes, Jesus.
thank you, God, that you choose the weakest very often in the word, Lord. We were made strong in our weakness, Lord. You are made strong. We thank you, God, for who you are. This last song here is all about thanking him for what he's done. What a savior that we have, that he would come for little lowly us and call us out of the depths of the pits of the miry clay, amen. So let's just give him thanks this morning because he is good for his love endures forever, hallelujah. King for 
If you would, go around and greet some of your family of faith and tell them you're excited to see them too. Good morning. It's good to have you today. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you look spectacular. Let them know. You look spectacular. <clears throat> and you know what? There, there, was, there was no lying right there. That was all true. 100% true. 
but we're glad you're here today. So uh, we're going to continue our worship with our giving today, our tithe and our offering. So if you have something to give, you can prepare that offering envelope and share it in front of you. And for some reason, there's not one there. You can wave your hand around and one of the ushers will help you out. Also, the ushers carry prayer cards and, and we are a praying church. Uh, we believe in the power of prayer because we believe in a powerful God. Amen. And uh, if you have a prayer request, you don't even have to put your name on there. If it's just a, a request, whatever, uh, fill it out, turn it back into Chris who has them or you can give it to me. And these will be prayed over at churchwide prayer tomorrow night. Uh, and then also uh, I pray over them in my prayer time too. So <clears throat> anyways, ask for one of those and we would love to join with you in prayer this morning. But your giving is important. We thank you for your giving, uh, your faithfulness. And we believe that <clears throat> all the finances come into the house uh, are then returned in wisdom and stewardship. And God does above and beyond what we could do with what comes in as he advances the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So I am going to, uh, I just feel like calling on somebody today to pray over the offering. Where's Bill? Is Bill Heitman not here? I don't see. Patsy, Bill's not here. I was going to ask him to pray over the offering. See what happens if you don't come to church. You don't get picked on to pray over the offering. My goodness. <laughs> Judah, why don't you come pray over it? Judah's plan B. You, you were just standing there, so I thought, well, I was just, just going to have you do it. So just, just, I don't have a mic for you. Just pray over it. something you can bring it down this morning amen and as you do that let me tell you about some things going on don't forget today uh operation uh christmas child shoe boxes are due okay so if you if for some reason you forgot to bring it please talk to patsy patsy wave your hand around you can't talk to bill because he didn't come to church but you can talk to patsy i'm, I'm not letting him down on that patsy uh you can see patsy if you have questions about that um also uh Next Sunday, every year we receive what we call Thanksgiving offering. It's, a, it's an offering once a year, it's above your normal tithe, uh, that we designate to a project in the church. So uh, we have uh, envelopes for that that we'll have Wednesday and next Sunday. You don't have to bring it next Sunday, you can do it in the future. But if you choose to and you want to, if it's on your heart to do so, uh, we receive a Thanksgiving offering next week. It's extra from our normal offering. And this year's Thanksgiving offering is, is going to be designated towards replacing the sidewalk 
That's the north of our building. So if you want to, after church, walk around and look at the sidewalk, and you go, oh, my gosh, it looks like it was bombed. You know, it's falling apart. It's, 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 I actually, won't be too long until it will be kind of hazardous to walk over. And that's our responsibility, not the city. So, And it's not cheap, by the way, to replace the sidewalk. Okay, you got to get involved with the city on it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the offering is going to be designated towards that. And then next spring, after we get some better weather, after winter is over, we'll venture into dealing with that sidewalk. So Thanksgiving offering next week, and that's what the offering is designated uh, towards. So also, uh, don't forget the week of Thanksgiving. Um, uh, normally, we have our midweek on Wednesday. We have it Tuesday night. We, have, we call it Turkey Tuesday. So uh, the week of Thanksgiving, not this. Can you believe Thanksgiving's the following week? It's crazy. Time's moving. But the week of Thanksgiving, not Wednesday church, but Tuesday church. So mark that down. Don't forget that. It'll be a normal church service. And again, don't forget church-wide prayer tomorrow from 6 to 7. If you've never been here for church-wide prayer, I encourage you to come out tomorrow night uh, for that. So having said that, thanks, Samara. Um, yesterday was Veterans Day. How many veterans do we have in the house who have served our country? Stand on your feet if you would. We want to give you a hand. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, we honor you. Thank you. And we, we appreciate what you have done for our nation. Amen. And, and by the way, a couple weeks ago, you guys did some things for, for pastor appreciation. Thank you for that. I forgot to say thank you last week. Uh, you don't have to ever do those things. I don't think about that stuff. But just to say that, uh, by the way, I love apple pie. That was wonderful. Um, and it was wonderful. We had enough that we had more Wednesday night then, too. That was really cool. Um, but uh, Margo and I uh, considered a privilege uh, to be here with you and serve with you. Uh, I think we've been here a little over three, three years. So my goodness, time's moving. But it's our honor to be with you. So just so you know that. Anyways. If you got your Bibles, get them out. Mark chapter number 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Mark chapter 2. And we're still in our series on questions. I know we got a lot of questions for God, but have we paid attention in the scriptures to the questions that he asked those he's interacting with? So we've been, uh, over the last four weeks, so I think this is week five, uh, been in questions that God has asked. We're going to transition a little bit to questions now that Jesus asked as he was interacting with those around him. So in Mark chapter 2, there's a story there, and I think it's a story that most of you are familiar with, but if not, I'll be glad to introduce it to you today. Um, after we read the story and talk about it for a moment, we're, we're going to end up talking about the kingdom of God and uh, some facets of the kingdom and, and the Second to the last song we sang this morning really uh, goes along with uh, some things we're going to be talking about today. So Mark chapter 2 and verse number 1. Let's just read this together. And when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. So in other words, the place was packed out, standing room only. They're squeezed in there like sardines. And he was preaching to, the word to them, the gospel. And they came, some people came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let 
down the bed on which the paralytic lay. So in other words, they, they ripped a hole in the roof of this house and lowered him down to Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Now, now the scribes in their hearts, now they're asking a question. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. For who can forgive sins but God alone? Two questions there. And immediately Jesus, perceiving uh, in his spirit that they just questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? Two questions responded to by two questions by Jesus. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And that man, he rose, immediately picked up his bed, and went out before them all, and they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So Jesus asked, what's easier? to forgive sins, or to heal this paralytic man so he may walk? Well, that's a question that I think we can ponder today. Now, the scribes, those that were there, questioned what they saw happening. Who is this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That is a really good question. The, the, the Pharisees described the teaching of the law, the things that they began to have issues with Jesus about, initially weren't wrong. It was because they refused to believe that they fell into being wrong. Let me tell you something. If there's somebody walking around acting like they're God, I'm going to go, who do they think they are? That's blasphemy. I would have done the same thing probably. Let's be honest. So they ask a good question. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It's a big question. It's a good question. It's actually a true question. But Jesus, in doing what he did, it's one of the ways in self-revelation that he is actually equating himself with God. It, they lower this man on a mat. You think about this. In the middle of this big crowd jammed in this house, however big the house is, it probably wasn't very big, so, but it was still packed full of people. They lowered this man down. Jesus saw their faith that they would actually go to great lengths to bring this man to them. And his initial response to the man was, your sins are forgiven. That's not why he was there. Think about that. They were there because they heard the rumors about Jesus and maybe even saw some things that he did that were miraculous and brought their friend to him that, they would, that Jesus would heal him. But Jesus didn't immediately deal with the need that everybody would have said this guy needed touched. He pushed past it and went to the forgiveness of sins. Now, what's amazing here is he didn't ask for it. They, they, they didn't lower the man down and the man look at Jesus. Before we do anything else, will you please forgive me of my sins? He didn't openly repent. But yet Jesus saw their faith. And, and I love the fact that you cannot put Jesus nor God into a nice, neat box wrapped in pretty wrapping paper with a nice bow as you see under a Christmas tree and box him in as you want. 
I love the fact that he's beyond our boxes, our theological boxes. How many of you have ever watched the uh, movies Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis? Anybody ever seen those? How many of you read? Uh, let's do one better. How many of you have ever read the books? Better. Anyways, um, there's a scene in, in the books where, and I don't remember the place. I didn't think much about this before I'm saying this. Where at the end of, of one of the movies, at the end of one of the books, Aslan, who represents Jesus, right, the lion, was walking along the shore, and there were some of the other characters watching him. And somebody questioned, I'm thinking in my mind now who it is, but I won't say because I'll probably be wrong, questioned about, well, where is he going? When is he coming back? And the response was, but he's not a tame lion. Can't box him in. Make him do what you want. Can't make him respond how you want. That makes sense. Jesus is like that in this story. He didn't even ask for the forgiveness of sins, and Jesus said, okay, your sins are forgiven. And that caused a stir. And I think Jesus does it purposely on two levels. He wants to cause the stir. But he also was getting at, listen, the greatest need of this man's life was not that he was paralyzed. The greatest need of this man's life was his sins needed forgiven. See, Jesus, after John the Baptist was wrapping up his ministry, and certainly he was arrested, then beheaded, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is where? Where is it? It's not off in space somewhere. You realize, when you pray, you don't have to hope it gets there. I hope it makes it past the ceiling and gets through the atmosphere and gets to wherever heaven is out there in the cosmos. The kingdom of heaven is where? It's at hand. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is here within your grasp. But, but you must repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is base level for all the wonderful things that it does as he is making all things new. It is based on the forgiveness of sins. And that's what Jesus is getting at. Now, one thing that gets connected to this, and there's a story in, in the gospel of John about a, a, a blind man uh, that Jesus healed. And they question, well, who sinned? Him and his parents said he's, he's like this. There was this, there was this I, I guess, the, a perspective that wherever there was physical uh, ailment and physical limitations, it was because of that person or somebody in their family line sinned. And is that story of the blind man is it here? It's, it's not because somebody sinned, although all things we see that are imperfect have its origin in sin coming into the world and marring God's creation. Jesus is getting right past that whole thing. Okay, look, it's, it's not about that, but, but your sins are forgiven. Because this is where the kingdom of God is found. Entrance into the kingdom of God is forgiveness of sins. But which is easier because the kingdom of God is at hand? That he will forgive us? Or is it that all things because of this can start to be made new? And this is a question we have to ponder. And and see, that's the slide today. Kelly, you'll put it up this morning. The kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within our reach. And things, all things are being made new. 
And the kingdom of God breaks into this world forever for whoever would believe on Jesus. And we see the marks of the kingdom of God in forgiveness and the things that flow out of that. See, you see, repentance, your sins are forgiven. This is the gateway to reconciled relationship with God and new life. What is separation from God? Hell. Hell doesn't just start later. There's aspects of hell that are now, and that's separation from God. Kingdom of God is anti-hell. It is relationship with God. Now what is new life because of it? You must realize that you have been a sinner and that there is a new life you can live. It starts there. Jesus says to the paralytic man, before I even go to your physical body, your sins are forgiven. That is the most important thing. Amen. That's the business God is in. And Jesus at this moment, have you ever thought about that Jesus is, is offering the forgiveness of sins and he hasn't died on the cross yet? You ever think about that? The things that he does are looking forward to the cross. Because the promise of the cross and the shed blood of Jesus, it goes backwards in time as also it goes forward in time. So Jesus offers the forgiveness of sins to this young man, knowing where he was going and the fulfillment of the cross. Now, the forgiveness of sins, but we also know then right after that, Jesus heals his physical body. Paralyzed. How? Who knows? Was he born that way? Did he, did he, did he get injured? Did he fall? Did, did, a, did a camel kick him? We don't know. But he was paralyzed. And Jesus healed his body to the point that man stands up, grabs his mat in the view of everybody, and he leaves. And can you imagine... My goodness, the wonder and the joy of those who knew him. Maybe there's skeptics there. Maybe this is play acting. Maybe he really wasn't paralyzed. Maybe they lowered a, a man that could walk down, and now it's a show. No, no, no. The people that knew him would have known this is an absolute positive miracle. We have not seen things like this. Amen. Because God is in the business of making all things new. But I want to talk to you about that, this aspect of the kingdom of God that is at hand. This particular story is not in the Gospel of John. It is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's not in the Gospel of John. But I want to tell you something about the Gospel of John because when John talks about the miraculous or physical healings or things that Jesus did, the, the water into wine and things like that, the Gospel of John calls them signs. And when Jesus does the things that he does, they are signs that the kingdom of God is at hand. Why would he change the water into wine so they could have some wine? Okay, but, but there's a bigger picture there. It's a sign that the kingdom's here. When he walks on the water, it's a sign that the kingdom is here. When he heals the blind man, it's a sign that the kingdom is here. These are literal signposts that literally point us to a time when all things will be made new. And what these signs say is this, and this is why I really want you to catch about the kingdom of God. You are on the way 
but you're not entirely there yet. I need to grasp that. So all of my family um, lives in Pennsylvania. Some of her family lives in Pennsylvania, and your dad's in Florida. We have family, you have family in the South, South Carolina. Okay, so we're kind of spread out. We have no family here. We're just us, and every, well, Ryan's with us. But anyways, um, so we all, we will a couple times a year travel and see family. So after Christmas, the week after Christmas, we will be in Pennsylvania visiting our family. Um, I know how to get there. We've been doing this for, for 20-some years without, it's just, it's natural. But, but when we first started driving, I would use a map. That, this was before your phone with your, your, and we literally would have MapQuest paper printouts. How I many you know what I'm talking about? That's like old school. MapQuest paper printouts, you know, and, and uh, that, 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 that's a lot easier than actually trying to use a literal map. That was one step of a, a literal map. That's probably a step above having to use the stars, but whatever. Um, but you'd be driving, and there would be signs that would say, so we're driving to Hershey, where I grew up, Hershey, 90 miles. What does that sign tell me? Hershey is there. I'm on the way, but I'm not there yet. But I don't doubt that Hershey is there. That's the signpost to the kingdom. When Jesus heals this paralyzed man, he is saying this is a sign that's saying the kingdom is it's here. You don't doubt that it's here, but we're not there yet. We're on the way. And this is an example of how all things will be made new. Because nothing is outside of the scope of the work of the kingdom of God, even your physical body. Because salvation just doesn't start, stop within your soul. It will end up, end up with everything, including a new, well, we could just say the new universe, new heaven and new earth. But signpost that the kingdom is coming. So what marks the kingdom of God? Well, it's the reign and rule of God. It's the work of God. It's forgiving to new life. It's reversing the effects of sin, like healing the paralytic. See, God is still in this business. But here's the thing about the kingdom of God. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. But we haven't heard the last trumpet sound yet, have we? We're on the way, right? And as Jesus told in, in a parable, the kingdom of God is like a woman who is working yeast through the dough. Somebody gave me a loaf of bread this morning that they made. Now, I don't know the process they did, but chances are they, they probably made dough. They probably put yeast in some warm water, then added the flour, eventually started the kneading. Why, why did you knead it? You got to get the yeast through the dough. Why? Because if you don't get the yeast through the dough, then, then the bread won't rise, right? That's how the kingdom of God is. Right now, the kingdom of God is being kneaded through the dough. But the bread hasn't been baked all the way just yet. Now, how do I know this? I'm going to give you a couple examples. How many of you have given your life to Jesus and you're saved? Okay, question. Since your salvation, has there just been a perfect rollout of the kingdom of God in your life? How many would say no? You know why? Because the kingdom is at hand, but it's not here in its fullness yet. 
That's an example. Here's another example. You're saved, but if Jesus tarries long enough, you're going to do what? You're going to die. Even though you're saved and you're a person of faith, your physical body is going to break down. You know why? Because the kingdom is at hand, but it is not here in its fullness just yet. So we will see the kingdom in fits and starts as we live our life and work out our salvation. You see what I'm getting at? The things that we see, if we see them, they are signposts of what is coming. New heaven and new earth. Then will be the fullness of the promises that Scripture gives us. Then is the fullness of all things made new. Now everything's a signpost. So what do I do? I expect and I stay in faith, right? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that at salvation you are sealed with the Holy Spirit or you're, you're uh, given deposits of the Holy Spirit. And, and the scriptures say, Paul writes there, that the positive of the Holy Spirit is guaranteeing what is to come. You've been given a spirit, the spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, as the deposit. That is a guarantee on the coming kingdom in its fullness. So first and foremost, Jesus raising this paralytic from the dead, or I'm sorry, to life, to, to walking, I'm sorry, not dead, but to, to physical wholeness, was a sign to everybody there that, see, I can forgive sins. That's, that's what happened there. It was a sign saying, this is the kingdom that's at hand, and to show that it's, it's just as easy. What's easier, to, to forgive sins in the kingdom or, or, or heal the paralytic? Well, not to, nothing's easier. But this is a sign of this, and this is the most important thing. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So whenever you pray, I want you to think about this. Whenever you pray for anything that would go along with all things being made new, you don't just pray towards your current situation, but you are drawing towards the time when it actually happens. Your prayer in one way is not just dealing with the moment, but you're connecting to what is coming because you believed. Because here's the thing. The forgiveness of that paralytic man's uh, sins stayed, but the healing of his physical body eventually went away because he died. Think about that. He's still not walking around right now. Connecting to what is coming, we believe. See, and in that, we stay in faith and we keep contending in our faith. So do we believe today that God will show the signpost of the kingdom in, in the wide array that we see in the scriptures, amen and yes? We pray for the sick, amen. We believe God can prosper you if you're dealing with financial struggles, amen. We believe God can touch your mind as well as your body, amen. But we stay contending in the faith no matter what. 
Because the only time that we fully see when Revelation 21, I believe, says, and there's no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, no more any of that, only when he comes back. Until then, we contend with these things. But the mark of the kingdom is standing firm. Regardless of what you see in the fits and starts of the kingdom as the yeast is being worked through the dough now, we stand firm. And we're not moved. That's the result of understanding what's going on, what Jesus is doing as we read in our scriptures. So, question to you this morning. Repent. 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 Because the kingdom of heaven is within your grasp. Can you imagine, can you imagine somebody waving around a $100 bill in front of your face and you just, why are you in my way? You're blocking my view. You're getting on my nerves. Quit waving that. The $100 bill's at hand. It's within your grasp. If you'll just respond to it waving in your face. The kingdom of God is here. And Jesus is calling out to you for the forgiveness of your sins. Right now. And I like the fact, again, he, he forgives the guy with the guy not even asking. That's the grace and the wonder of God wanting to respond to you and give you this wonderful gift of not only forgiveness, but then uh, you can say citizenship in the kingdom of God. And you know what he did? didn't do to the paralytic? He didn't say, okay, now I'm going to forgive your sins, but we, we got to list the whole thing out. So I'm going to give you a, 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 whatever they have, some sort of a parchment and a, whatever there's, I want you to write all your sins on this parchment. And if you need more, I got some. Peter's got them. You need to make the big list. Then once we talk all through these things, I'm going to tell you how they've damaged your life and what a fool you were and, 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 and all the, then, then I'll, he, he just, I forgive your sins. And that's what God does. He just forgives you. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. But then he doesn't leave you there. Then he gives you new life. Symbolic in the paralytic walking again. Amen. So if you're here this morning, and you have not received the forgiveness of sins for your life, and it's waving in front of your face, the kingdom is here, Reach out and grab it and just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And I believe before the finishing of those words coming out of your mouth, it is done. And it's over. And the Bible says he is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you for all unrighteousness. He wipes you clean. 
And it's an example we always use, the best example I can think of is, is I have a big giant whiteboard in my office that I, I write stuff on, ideas and sermon series and all. It's like taking that whiteboard, it's just full of junk and just taking a big eraser and wiping it clean, brand new white all over again. That's what he does to your heart, your soul. Forgives you of your sins. Amen. But repentance, now, what is life like because I've been forgiven? I want to go back to that stuff. I turn from it. Now, what is life like in the kingdom of God? How do I live in this kingdom? What, what is the way to go forward? And the positive of the Holy Spirit, he helps you. Amen. So, let's pray. Lord Jesus, anybody here that you want that kind of a new start in your life and need to reach out and grasp the kingdom, the forgiveness of sins, bold step, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I just want to see who you are because I'll eventually catch up with you soon and talk to you. That is you. You say, Lord Jesus, I need forgiven today. Is that anybody here? Raise your hand up real quick. Anybody? Be bold. Okay, anybody else? Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? I think I saw one or two hands go up. One for sure. I thought I saw maybe a half raise there, but it's okay. I'll take it. I'll get with you. Amen. Let's pray then. Lord Jesus, we saw those hands raised, and I believe right now they're reaching out to you and just simply saying, forgive me of my sins. That's simple, that easy. Nothing complex about it, nothing hard, no, no, no prayer that's got to be full of religious, and religious words. A heartfelt, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And in that, they have been made a new creation. Amen. That's the kingdom of God. Now, I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful grace. I thank you, Lord, for your working of your patience. Thank you. Lord, show us the way forward, what it means to live out our repentance, to live it out, walking with you, learning what new life is all about. Thank you. For those that raised their hand, Lord, I pray that you help them today, reassure them today. When the enemy wants to tell them later that they did something foolish, that it doesn't make any difference, Lord, that you, you, you pull those lies down, but they walk in the assurance of their salvation from this day forward. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Let's give them a hand this morning for being bold. Amen. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. Samara, why don't you come back up? I'm going to sort of kind of dismiss, but not really if you want to. I like doing that to you. So I'm, I'm gonna, as soon as Samara starts, I'm going to go grab one or two hands that I saw real briefly. But if you need prayer today, because I believe he's making all things new, 
And we see these things in fits and starts. We're praying and we're drawing towards eternity. But you need prayer today. I don't care what it is. Be physical. Be financial. Be emotional. Relational. Different, those are different aspects of our life. I'm going to ask you to come down. And I'm going to have some people down here ready to pray for you. Okay? As I go try to grab some people that raised their hand. So if you want to stay and, and worship for a moment or come down for prayer, you can do so. If not, you, you can head out. You, you can be dismissed. We'll be back Wednesday and then certainly again next Sunday morning. All right? So be blessed as you go today. All right? But if you like prayer today, please come down. So everybody stand on your feet.